Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today is Thursday, November 12th, 2020. On this day in 1948, former Japanese Prime Minister Tojo Hideki was found guilty of war crimes. He was sentenced to death. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Today we're covering the sentencing of Tojo Hideki, Japan's Prime Minister during World War II. Let's go back to Tokyo on the morning of November 12, 1948. The courtroom chamber was a massive, imposing wood-paneled affair, likely by design. It had formerly served as the headquarters of the Japanese military. Life or death decisions were made there on a daily basis. But on that day, Japanese military leaders weren't the ones in charge. Instead, they were on trial. Several dozen men sat in the room wearing austere uniforms, some military, some judicial, which added a stuffy air to the somber occasion. They'd been called to mete out justice to the accused war criminals, and they took their roles seriously. In January of 1946, General Douglas MacArthur, leader of the Allied forces, signed a charter which established the International Military Tribunal for the Far East. Called the IMTFE for short, its purpose was to hold a trial for individuals charged with crimes against peace, among other offenses. In a matter of weeks, MacArthur selected 11 justices from different Allied nations to serve on the bench. Australian Justice William Webb presided over the tribunal, while American Justice Joseph B. Keenan served as chief prosecutor. Before the trial, Keenan made his stance on the matter at hand quite clear. He said, War and treaty breakers should be stripped of the glamour of national heroes and exposed as what they really are, plain, ordinary murderers. In total, 28 Class A war criminals were brought before the IMTFE. This classification was reserved for Japan's top leaders, individuals who had direct roles in committing crimes against peace. Though the list of defendants included a great many powerful people, the one with the highest profile was undoubtedly Tojo Hideki. 63-year-old Tojo had served as Minister for War and Prime Minister of Japan during the Second World War. As such, he played a pivotal role in the planning and execution of the attack on Pearl Harbor, which killed over 2,400 U.S. citizens. That was only the beginning of a very long rap sheet. 
Tojo's indictment for war crimes asserted that he and others had contemplated and carried out murdering, maiming, and ill-treating prisoners of war and civilian internees, forcing them to labor under inhumane conditions, plundering public and private property, wantonly destroying cities, towns, and villages beyond any justification of military necessity perpetrating mass murder, rape, pillage, brigandage, torture, and other barbaric cruelties upon the helpless civilian population of the overrun countries. The infamous Bataan Death March occurred on his watch, as well as biological experiments on POWs, and forcing kidnapped Korean and Chinese women into sex work at the hands of the Japanese military. They'd come to be known as comfort girls. Understandably, it took quite some time to litigate all of Tojo's offenses, as well as those of his co-defendants. In fact, it took two and a half years, from May 1946 to November 1948. But on November 12th, the proceeding finally came to an end. It was time for the verdict. The IMTFE found Tojo Hideki guilty on several counts of war crimes. These included waging unprovoked war against the US, the UK, China, France, and the Netherlands, as well as ordering the inhumane treatment of prisoners. After the verdicts were read in the morning, there was a brief recess before the sentences were handed down. Tojo was escorted back into the courtroom by an American military officer and stood in the prisoner's dock to hear his fate. He picked up headphones, through which the judge's verdict was translated into Japanese. Death by hanging. If Tojo was shaken by the news, he didn't show it. He merely nodded took off the headphones and bowed deeply toward the judges. Then he turned and walked out of the courtroom. Six weeks later, on December 23, 1948, Tojo and six other Japanese war criminals were executed in Sugamo prison. Tojo's remains were buried alongside two million Japanese war dead and more than 1,000 convicted war criminals in the Yasukuni Shrine. The Sugamo prison where Tojo was hanged was later torn down in the 1970s. All that remains is a stone inscribed with the words, Pray for Eternal Peace. But for the Allied forces and the IMTFE, prayer wasn't enough. They wanted a legal way to preserve peace and to punish warmongers. Coming up, the path that led Tojo Hideki to the IMTFE and ultimately to the gallows. Hi, listeners. To celebrate our favorite month, Parcast Network is releasing a slate of new shows leaning into all things spooky and spine-tingling. And now we're bringing you an original series called Superstitions, featuring the origins and impacts of our most unusual beliefs and the stories of those who dare to defy them. 
Every week on Superstitions, hear a new drama that illustrates the eeriness and unlocks the mysteries of humanity's strangest codes of conduct. Like holding your breath while passing a cemetery so you don't wake the dead and make them jealous, or carrying the foot of an animal known to have an evil eye, or using iron to keep away the devil. They may seem mystical or even completely illogical, but one thing is certain. You ignore them at your own risk. You can find and follow Superstitions free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. To hear more ParCast shows, search ParCast Network in Spotify's search bar and find a growing slate of spooky October programming to enjoy. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now back to the story. On November 12th, 1948, Former Japanese Prime Minister Tojo Hideki was sentenced to death for committing war crimes during World War II. It marked the end of a lengthy military career. In some ways, Tojo Hideki was born to be a soldier. His family was of the Japanese samurai caste before such categories were phased out in 1871. His father was a lieutenant general in the Imperial Japanese Army. Tojo followed in his father's footsteps, attending the Japanese Military Academy. There, he and other students were taught to demonstrate complete loyalty to the emperor and the state. The slogan of the political leaders at the time made the country's priorities rather explicit. Enrich the country, strengthen the army. After soaking in this message, Tojo graduated 10th in his class and quickly climbed the ranks in the Japanese Army Ministry. As the years went on, he started to feel that Japan's best hope for the future was to become a totalitarian nation and marshal its resources to wage war against the West. He made a name for himself as both an incredibly aggressive militarist and a shrewd bureaucrat. He earned the nickname Kamisori, or Razor, for his sharp decisiveness, and, some said, for his ruthlessness. His cold-blooded attitude came in handy during the turbulent 1930s and 40s. In March of 1937, he was named Chief of Staff of the Guangdong Army. This was just months before Japan became enmeshed in a military conflict with China, the Second Sino-Japanese War. China was aided in the fight by the U.S. and the Soviet Union. The United States also levied severe economic sanctions against Japan to deter further armed conflict. Unfortunately, these measures only strengthened Japan's resolve to fight for their country's autonomy. This dynamic further solidified Tojo's belief that Japan had to prepare to defend itself against America and her allies in the West. So when he became Prime Minister of Japan in October of 1941, he was ready for conflict. 
To this end, Tojo began making preparations for an attack on U.S. soil, even while he publicly vowed to pursue a peaceful remedy to the escalating tensions. Matters were made worse in November of that year after the failure of several delicate diplomatic overtures between Japan and America. On November 26, 1941, U.S. Secretary of State Cordell Hull issued a notice demanding that Japan remove troops from China and Indochina. Tojo read this as an ultimatum that if his country did not acquiesce to America's demands, the only recourse would be war. It didn't take him long to act. Less than two weeks after the Hull Note, on December 7, 1941, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. In the immediate aftermath of the attack, Tojo was quite popular within Japan as his country racked up win after win on the battlefield. However, the war took a turn after the Battle of Midway in June of 1942, and from that point on, his popularity steadily declined. After the Japanese suffered a crushing defeat at Saipan in the summer of 1944, Tojo was forced to resign. Following Japan's formal surrender to the Allied forces, an order for Tojo's arrest was ordered in September of 1945. Rather than face the dishonor of being captured, Tojo tried to take his own life. According to one account, he had a doctor draw a charcoal target on his heart to mark where he should shoot himself. But despite his precautions, the bullet missed and ended up in his stomach. Tojo was bleeding profusely when U.S. military police burst into the room. He was quickly rushed to a hospital where American doctors nursed him back to health. The Allies didn't want him dying on his own terms. First, he had to stand trial for his crimes and answer for the many atrocities he committed. Only then was he executed. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Parcast originals for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Nani Okwalagu, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Remember to follow Superstitions for new episodes featuring our most unusual beliefs. Are they side effects of ancient folklore or truly the masters of our fates? Look closely and examine the writing on the wall. Superstitions airs every Wednesday, free on Spotify.